We're going back in time to 1999, a time of Will Smith, TRL, and crazy stock market people. You're in the right place, folks, because this is where the money is. Welcome to the show, folks. I am David Hansen, joined by Morgan Housel today. I'm here because Matt is stuck on a plane again. Stuck on a plane again. That is the second time in two months. He travels a lot and he has bad, he has bad luck. I think he might be on like the no-fly list. He might be. not telling us. Um, so he's stuck in San Francisco, I guess. He should be back tomorrow, but we've got a good fill-in today. Going to the headlines, the first headline is from the Wall Street Journal. Aircap near deal for AIG's aircraft leasing unit. We talked about this on Friday with Brendan Matthews. The deal appears to be official now. AIG has filed with the SEC. It is a $5.4 billion deal, $3 billion in cash, the rest in stock. Aircap stock is up over 30% today, so a nice little bump for AIG. But we talked about it on Friday as this being just a small hurdle, a good thing for AIG, a non-core business. Right. You know, they're scaling back from all these side businesses that they had. I don't mm-hmm. think most people knew that AIG had this massive airplane leasing right. business. Maybe they own the plane that Matt's stuck on right now. Exactly. Right? Exactly. But they're scaling back to focus on what they do best, which is insurance. It's mm-hmm. going to create a better, more stable company. Going or, or what they hope to do best. I mean, that's that's kind of the, the investing thesis with AIG today is they're not a great insurer today. They haven't been in the past, but hopefully they're on the right path. And I think this is just another hurdle that's been cleared. Right. All right, moving on to the second headline, also from the Wall Street Journal. Tough question for Fed. Time to act. It seems like, how many times have we talked about this stupid Fed taper? Uh, Meeting this week, people wondering, will the Fed taper? Will they do anything in December? Do you even care or are you just going to be doing your Christmas shopping? I, 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 won't, be, I won't even be doing that. Uh, I, I'm not worrying about Fed taper or Christmas shopping. It's not something that anyone can control. So why worry about it? There's nothing you can do about it. We don't know what taper means. Right now they're buying $85 billion a month of, of bonds. Are they going to tape, taper back to 84? Are they going to taper back to 30? Like we, have, we have no idea. And more important, I think, uh, as an investor, that really should not be guiding your decisions about what you're doing with your investments. So I, I definitely put this firmly in the noise category. It seems like it's calmed down a little bit, though. I mean, from the noise during September, October, it seems like a, a less of a roar today, which is maybe a good thing. I think maybe people are starting to get the message. It's taper fatigue, I think. It's just mm-hmm. it's people talk about it all day and nothing happens. And you just kind of get, that, get sick of it. It's kind of like the government shutdown. I mean, who even remembers... The government shutdown, that was, what, two months ago? Nobody talked about it. And it's going to be finally when the taper does come, people are going to just going to say, oh, thank gosh, it's over. You exactly. Know, let's never talk about it again. All right, moving on to our next headline slash interesting story from the day. This was a headline over at The Next Big Move. That is a blog from Joe Fami. It's titled Stories from 1999. And he was talking about how he does not think the stock market is in bubble territory at all. And he goes through some personal anecdotes that are, that are pretty funny, um, talking about friends that are getting involved in, with options, the stock market. They never think it's going to go down. And he's saying, I'm not seeing any of that today. No. Are you seeing any of that? It's completely different. You know, I think both of us were probably a little too young to be heavily involved in investing in 1999. But I remember enough to where friends that were teenagers and had absolutely no idea what they were doing were suddenly overnight stock market mavens mm-hmm. and trading options and whatnot. It was just a completely different mentality that took took hold. And it was just the mentality back then was based purely on speculation and no mm-hmm. sense of investing. So I think we're conditioned now, because we've had such a bad last ten years, that any time individual investors start tiptoeing back into the market, people start saying, bubble, bubble, it's just like mm-hmm. 1999. I don't think there's any comparison. It's completely different. My, my, favorite, my favorite anecdote that he had was 
uh, they were talking about options, and their, and their one friend had done very well. They were all out in Vegas celebrating his, his big wins there. And he says, one friend who was on the trip got option fever and decided to open his first brokerage account. Parentheses, don't worry, I explained options to him during the halftime of the Monday Night Football game. Who needs to know about options to trade options? It, exactly, and it, it was a good point. I mean, we hear so much noise on Twitter, so much noise in the media. I guess if you want to classify us as the media talking right. about the stock market, but we, we're still disconnected that a lot of people are very scarred from what happened a couple of years ago, and it's yeah. not easy to forget the time where you looked at your 401k and it was down 40%. Right. No, and, you know, those kind of things, too, will last decades. The memory of 2008 mm-hmm. will stick around with everyone who experienced that will remember that for the rest of their lives, and it will shape how they invest for the rest of their lives. It, it, it's kind of a, a tangent a little bit, but I remember last time, or one of the times when you were on the show, you were saying people that graduate college during a recession, yep. their lifetime earnings are usually lower because right. they don't get a, a great job out of school, and that affects them throughout their entire life. Stays and, with them forever. Yeah, I wonder if it's similar with investing. If someone was investing during 2008 and they're saying, man, I just I can't fully commit to it ever again, and that impacts them for the rest of their life. You know, we see that a lot at The Motley Fool. We're, we're, we're expanding internationally right now, and when we go to other countries, we go to Germany, even, even when we go to Canada, but especially in Europe, they have a very different investing culture than we have in the United States. Because, obviously, if you know the long-term history of Europe, they've, they've dealt with some pretty mm-hmm. harsh realities over the last century. If having their life savings disappear overnight, right. dealing with war and famine and whatnot, mm-hmm. things that we haven't dealt with in the United States, All right. certainly to the extent. So when you, whenever you deal with something that traumatic, it sticks with you forever. All right. Moving on to more traumatic things. We have a question from our mailbag. We got this one from Twitter. You can tweet at us at TMF Financials. Our email address is WTMI at fool.com. This one is from Twitter. He says, can you guys talk about the VIX volatility index? Is it based on anything or is it useful as a hedge? And that's from, from Max Morgan. Is it based on anything? Well, it's the, the VIX is a measure of stock market volatility. So when the stock market gets really volatile, it goes up. When it's calm, it goes down. Mm-hmm. It's based on options contracts that track the S&P 500 futures market. Right. Most individual investors should not be trading this. No, I think I think if you're a PhD hedge fund and you you know what you're doing, whatever that means, know what you're doing. This is not. This should not be something that most individual investors play around. It's something that I look at just to try to gauge mm-hmm. volatility in the market. But in terms of using it as a hedge or trying to trade it, that's that's a danger zone. I'd recommend most people. Stay right. I guess away. it's usually referred to as the fear index right. because volatility always kind of associated with with fear in the market. Whether it's useful as a hedge, I, I agree with you that most people probably should not be doing it. But I think there are times where. If it's extremely low and you have money that you're saying, okay, I'm willing to lose all of this as a hedge, because I think that's the way you need to approach it. If you think, if you think the market is reaching a top, I know we don't like to talk about market timing, but if there's an amount of money that you're saying, I'm comfortable losing this if it doesn't work out, if you think there's really low volatility and maybe it'll spike back up, I think it's, if I was ever going to take a flyer, I, I could see the the thought process behind maybe buying a little bit of the VIX. If people have that urge, I'd, I'd recommend just going to Vegas. You get free drinks <laughs> while doing the same thing. That's true. All right. Something to think about. All right. Fair enough. Moving on to our final and only tweet of the day. This is from Andrew Pogue. He's at Underlying Value. The company Google just bought makes this, and we have a video of this thing. It's like a, for those of you listening, it's a mechanical dog animal? I don't even know. This thing's crazy. The company is called Boston Dynamics. 
Are you just terrified of that thing? It's a, it's a, it's a little terrifying. It's, it's a combination of shockingly real, but at the same time, like, it's made out of lawnmowers, basically. <laughs> and uh, so from one one point, like, it's really cool. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it runs shockingly realistic when right. it runs. But on the other hand, you know, George Jetson would be really disappointed. Like, this is our, this is our techno. We have a dog made out of lawnmowers now. What, what are you more weird. afraid of? The Amazon drones or this evil dog creature that gallops throughout the street? The, the evil dog, absolutely. Really? Yeah, it would, have it you seen the, cr- those, the things got the, the cranes or yeah, what might, the drones might, have the little propellers? Well, you just keep your hands away from the propellers. The, this thing could tackle you in the middle of the night. Either way. Very scary, but I think it again points to. I just look at Google and I say, "Man, these guys are just—they're doing everything. You know, they make so much money from search, and that mm-hmm. they're and they're so ambitious and innovative that they use that money to. We're going to have driverless running dogs soon. It's just delivering your packages. Exactly. This is great. It's the world I want. This, live is, this in. is our future, David. All right, that is our show. You can tweet at us again. We are at TMF Financials. Matt Copenhaver will be back tomorrow. We'll see you then. People on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear.